0: Shen, and you're listening to SubDoc And today we're doing one of our Watch or Not episodes Where we review and recommend some recent documentaries And just catch up Paka, how you been, man? <laughs>
1: I'm good, I've been very good, thank you um, Been watching some docs You know, I've actually like slipped into fiction Like, watching majority Like, I've been watching lots of Sopranos mm-hmm. um, Which is my my go-to old School, like I have nothing else to watch right now, so I, I, I'm, I think I'm on my eighth watching of the entire series of The Sopranos at this point.
0: Yeah, and and you were just on Matt Lieb and Vince Mancini's uh, Sopranos podcast. Yeah, Pied
1: yourself a gun. Yeah, I'm on that. We do the Where's Johnny season five episode three. Where's Johnny episode? One of my faves, which was cool that it fell in my lap because I do love that episode.
0: Yeah, any other appearances or uh, show things or. Other pods you've been on?
1: Mm, no, no other pods um, besides this one. Um, yeah, you know, just getting, wow, it's something is, the entire San Francisco is this going perfect, down in
0: flames. I mean, it is, I was going to say, it's very hot down here. I imagine all over the West Coast, there's a heat wave going on. So uh, when you're listening to this, uh, we may, hopefully we're still here. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco is
1: not in a heat wave. It's 60, 60 I think, here <sighs> today. It's always six. I mean, when it gets to sixty-five, people are like, "Ugh, this town has changed." Can I tell you a you place
0: know? that I I've been talking a lot about the weather there? I think I did you, in the last episode, San Luis Obispo. Oh, I've yeah, become, you love like, that place. I used to have no opinion. I used right. to maybe have a slightly negative opinion, and uh-huh. now I have <laughs> like, like I have like built it up in my mind as like this as Asgard. It's like, like it's perfect funny how that, weather, great food, right? like yeah, chill vibes. It means you're getting older, man.
1: You're I know. In it. You, you're seeing you are seeing the the other side of things, which are like chill vibes, good good weather, nice restaurants. That's how I feel about Sacramento. I used to just hate Sacramento, but it's
0: fucking hot in Sacramento. Oh yeah, it's atrocious. It it, it, it it's cheaper than the Bay, yeah. And there is stuff to do, and it's close to the Bay, but it is so goddamn hot that I cannot very, imagine. I it's I've, very hot up for I've, sure. I feel like every time I've been there, it's been like I I I don't understand how people live here.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, that's how I felt even when it wasn't
0: hot because it was mm-hmm. like it's Sacramento. It's fucking boring and horrible. I used but to love like... going up there to like play shows at like Sack and Davis and stuff. There was a like, oh, really yeah. cool scene. Like, I guess this is like now the like, 18 years ago or something. <laughs> I thought you can say the 1800s. That yeah. was in the 1800s. Oh, yeah. You know, the gold mine, the gold rush scene. Actually, I don't think I would have done well in Sacramento in the 1800s. Let's just say. No.
1: No, you wouldn't have. No. no. It would have been, uh, what was that HBO show you were on? Westworld, oh yeah, it goddamn like,
0: Westworld. Yeah,
1: would have been like Westworld for you.
0: Oh, I, I could have auditioned for one of those parts, <laughs> which I didn't even watch that episode. But it was like you're going to be face down in the desert, and you're going to be like the people are going to be like shoving railroad spikes into you. I'm like, nah, <laughs> <Okay>. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that.
1: Call your agent. That's not what I signed up for, dude. That are was you when I had
0: no agent? Period. So oh, was right. just like I was just like, I'm just going to do. Uh, I was a samurai. I like was the wrong ethnicity. But right. you know, on yeah. on the show, nonetheless.
1: Which of the this is now? I'm going to throw you a curveball, and you you aren't ready for this because we didn't talk about. It, but which of like the last ten d- docs that we've covered was like your favorite? Oh, because we have I'd no have guess. To go, so, or maybe like the one you probably wouldn't have watched. Ten which back,
0: I think I, going ten back. I feel like I mean, like I I was really I had really dropped the ball in Grey Gardens. Like I was like I, I needed to like watch Grey Gardens for sure. And then now I started watching the one called That Summer. Do you uh, know about That Summer? It's like about that that period of yeah, like and, yeah, and like I guess like the Stones and like Andy Warhol were all hanging out at Montauk with right. like Lee, like you know Jackie O's sister. Whatever, what do you yeah. mean you dropped the ball? What does that mean? I mean, I never had seen Grey Gardens oh, until before we, we did with, it with Amber? Amber. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah, I knew well.
0: enough. I knew a little bit about it. I was like, I kind of know what this is, and right. I started watching. So I watched that, and then I was like, Oh, now I gotta watch this Jessica Lange thing, and now I gotta watch that summer. It's and a now deep I want to read about like the Marble Fawn dude. What? Someone yeah. sent us a link to that podcast that is about his life because he right. wrote a memoir after that. I think it might have been Mike right. Shiflet sent that over. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah.
1: That's a. I mean, it's a classic. I. I had seen it before but like it was usually like a midnight 1 a.m showing at a party they would throw on gray gardens you know and usually with party. the volume off what yeah, a party. yeah i used to throw on miles davis if i wanted people to get out of my house when i used to have
0: parties like yeah 3 a.m just put on sketches of spain i've definitely i've definitely thrown on like a grindcore 7 inch at <laughs> 2 a.m being like it's time for you to leave my house. That's uh,
1: that's how you know you should leave. <laughs> I think if anyone looked at us, they would have switched those two things. I think they would have been like, you know, like I'd you be would have been playing Miles Davis
0: and you'd be yeah. playing like the Society <rawr>. of Friends. Seven yeah, inch. yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah. that is not how it worked. I yeah. think, you know, um, I'm so, going to say
0: the bestiality. No, I'm not going to say the bestiality. Documentary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, animal passions. What did you do to us? Yeah. Um, but man, that's done well as far as listens. It's kind of kind of interesting. Well,
0: there's some secret sauce. I think, oh, yeah, there's a little secret sauce. We don't want to talk about the secret That's right. sauce. And you on, got to talk my... to Rodney again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I would say Glitch in the Matrix is one of my favorite new docs. Um, yeah, and I went over to his office in Highland Park, and the acu- I was like, man, this is not good acoustics for a podcast. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it was also my first in-person interview oh. in, like, over a year. Oh, I remember that's the last right. time we did an in-person interview because we've been doing this Skype. this We've been doing this Zoom thing for so long. It probably was like another director talk is probably when I talked to Arthur and Giorgio about Feels Good Man. Right. When, when was the department.
1: last one where you and I were in the same room with a guest? I, the live one? I can't even remember. Was I, it I, your buddy, the journalist guy that we did the Dodger
0: Stadium? That, that would have been like – that's maybe like two and a half years ago, which could be – could be the case. That could have been like I think that long that's ago. the one in yeah, Pasadena.
1: Then we had barbecue, which well, was we delicious. Did
0: that. We did the live w- thing. and Now we're just like, look, if you know the answer, let us know. <laughs> anyone else. Know our our as, answer? I feel it might have been like the live piano fight thing. Might have been the last time we did one in the room together
1: <laughs> for Sketchfest. Maybe. Whoa. Maybe. Be, I'm yeah, wrong. we've been doing the Zoom thing. I took a. Writing class A um, sitcom writing class huh. On Zoom Like three years ago Whoa And I was like This is fucking cool Like yeah. I didn't know You could do this Kind of shit You know And that, that's when we I remember I remember being like Hey Zoom might be Because we were using Zencaster Oh gosh Yeah 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 And Zencaster was weird Because you couldn't see anybody and A lot of glitches Yeah A lot of glitches And then we Yeah we moved on to Zoom But uh, That's interesting um, Yeah I liked your interview With Rodney It was really interesting I don't know what it is About famous documentary Filmmakers that have, like, cavernous cement-lined offices.
0: Oh, yeah, that's Cause. right, yeah, like Brett Morgan style, yeah, for sure. Brett Morgan's office was, like, metal and stone. Yeah, because, like, they're, like, not doing any audio mixing in their right. offices. Yeah. Even though I feel like Rodney might have been. Um, yeah, no, it's really interesting just talking about, like, the processes of, like, because so everyone has to use animation. We talked a lot about the animation team that he worked with talked a lot about sound design. I would love to do a talk cause I just met up with a friend of mine who does music, uh, music licensing stuff. I would oh. love to talk to like a sync person and a mm. soundtrack score person, uh, who works on docs, just docs because the budgets have to be totally different for docs than they would be for like Loki or a- something. Absolutely different,
1: but also is just as tenuous, you know, um, of just like trying to find people and, Um, I mean, as we get into our talk today, I think Summer of Soul was that way for a lot of different filmmakers. um, Trying to, like, chase down people that own rights to songs (laughs) and stuff. Yeah, man. (laughs) You know? That's gnarly. yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we just did the auto-tune episode as well with with Eric. So, like, that stuff just never changes. That, That industry just never changes. It's really wild.
0: Uh, Yeah, um, I've heard from several people that they liked uh, the audio tune episode the best out of the This Is Pop shows, which I agree with because like the ones where it's really like hosty or feel really gimmicky. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone wrote on our Instagram
1: thing, post about the episode. They're like, "This was my favorite episode of the series," mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought they meant Doc. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, that's really cool." And I was like, "Oh, you, you meant mean, the Autopop yeah, episode, right? Right? All right. So let's get into watch or not, shall we?
0: Yeah, for sure. What do
1: you got coming up? What's your What are
0: you pitching? What's your What's your groove? Oh uh, man, well we both got to watch the Sparks Brothers. I remember just seeing them all the time. Like, who are those guys? They are an anomaly. I don't feel like they purposely have been trying to be mysterious, right? They
1: don't really look like a band, they do just like people who've been sort of let out for a day. What's going on? Oh my God. It's insane, but it's fantastic.
0: They would make really good Muppets. You have this snaky lead singer, you know, something for the ladies.
1: Then you got Adolf Hitler on, on the cables. It is a little strange.
0: I was very amped to watch the Sparks Brothers documentary because I like Sparks. I really like Edgar Wright. Uh, I I have watched a lot of Edgar Wright's movies, and I was like, he's gonna be a real interesting documentary maker, and he really played it pretty straightforward. I have to say, it was very middle of the
1: road for I, sure. And I, tell tell people who Edgar Wright is.
0: Edgar Wright, like uh, Shaun of the Dead, I think was his first thing. But I think he um him and Simon Pegg m- worked on Spaced together before that, and like yeah, a Hot Fuzz, um, right. You know, he was supposed to do Ant-Man. I feel like there's parts of Ant-Man that have a little bit of an Edgar feel. I think it was, was the last thing he did, Baby Driver. Maybe there's something since Baby Driver. But um, I, you know, he was a very kinetic filmmaker. Uh, you know, there was some stuff with the Sparks thing that just felt like so chronological and, you know, just front-loaded with all these cool quotes and then just dives right into, like, just biography stuff like right away. I'm just like, huh, this is yeah. kind of what I would have pictured with the it's tempo wh- of pacing that he has for everything else that he's done. Right. And I think
1: that's what a lot of people's it's weird. It's like you have to, if you're making a biographical documentary about uh, someone or a band or some person, it's like, who do you who is your audience? People that love them or people that have never heard of them? How do, hmm. Like, which do you pick? Which avenue do you pick? You have to right. pick one or the other, you know?
0: And with, with a band like this, where it's like they're both wildly underrated and also have had several, like, top singles uh, at right. the same time, it's like you it, this can't be just fan service because part of the point of these things is introducing Sparks to a broader audience, right? right. It's like essentially what he's trying to do and I think he's been pretty successful with that. And like, they on their own have like done so much. Like, they have this other film coming out with like Marianne Cotillard and Adam Driver, like this Annette film. That oh, is like, weird. Yeah. Like, you know how they were so obsessed? They talk a lot about how they're crossover into cinema. Like, they were supposed to work with that French director. Right. They right. were supposed to work with Tim Burton, which sounds like I'm like, that would have been amazing. Like, I think like. I think, like, yeah, it, Sparks had done one of the Batman themes. <laughs> that would have been. Oh, oh my God. That like, would have been so cool. For the so second cool. Batman, for Batman Returns or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. That would I mean, that would have put him on so the map sick.
1: then. You know, like, that would have been their their way into mainstream, being on a, Bat- like, the the Michael
0: Keaton Batman yeah. or something, you know? What did you know about Sparks before watching this Nothing. Song? Oh, literally nothing. Like, did you not no, know any oh, of those, those songs? You knew who no, of the songs? None of Oh, really? Dude, I don't know
1: how I fucking missed Sparks. I'd always heard. Of, okay, so always, especially moving to California, people of my age were like, "Oh, Sparks, Sparks." Every friend of mine that's from LA was like, "Sparks all the way, Oingo Boingo, Sparks." Yeah. like there's these bands that I, I'm not a um, Danny Elfman Oingo Boingo person. I don't, mm-hmm. I couldn't even name one of their songs or an album, but I like it when I hear it. But the same with Sparks, I've you seen Weird Science. It's definitely Weird Science is the one that stands and out, for the sure. the
0: Simpsons theme. <laughs> You're a fan of
1: the but, Simpsons Yeah, theme. but that's not Oingo Boingo. That's, <laughs> that's true. just That's Danny. not Oingo Boingo, no. Yeah. But um, I, I just kept hearing about Sparks and how awesome they were, and I'm like, how did I miss this fucking band? Like, I don't know anything about them at all. So I was really excited to watch the doc, mm-hmm. and- I uh, watched it in chunks. I couldn't. I couldn't just sit and watch the entire thing in one sitting. It was way too long.
0: Yeah, I, I did watch it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they made like twenty five albums, and they're spending time on each album, lots so, of time."
1: Yeah, yeah. Those guys seem very, very interesting, and I wish I, I, I would have liked to seen them walking around like. Like San Luis Obispo, or you know, like Mm -hmm. or wherever they grew up in the the hills of California or L.A. and I don't know. I would have liked to see more about them, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Like their apartment. What their apartment looks like. How many <laughs> cats do they have? Like yeah, because that's what I love about biographical documentaries. Like we were just talking about Grey's Garden. Like mm-hmm. it would have been cool to have them just doing their day-to-day <laughs> life thing.
0: It should have <laughs> been more Grey Garden It should it could have been. It really should have been. It could have been.
1: Yeah. It probably could have been, been. Yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. been should
0: have been. I mean, I'll um, say like they they're very okay, so like they're very self-aware people. And they're right. very like winky and like very it's very and like very winky. arch i guess would be a good word for sparks overall uh so and yeah they don't seem to reveal a lot about their personal lives i mean it's set up i i, I was actually i was just talking to some people about this at a party i, I get invited to parties again uh <laughs> but like i was like i didn't know like everyone thought russ was such a fox like apparently like that was like like just common common knowledge like he's like a he's like a beautiful 70s man right
1: he was he he looked like a um classic like b-movie 70s hunk you know yeah from the 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 pictures i saw were like yeah i could see that he was a handsome for the 70s he was handsome and like and like yeah he's like like shirtless yeah he's
0: like shirtless in one of his uh album covers and stuff and but yeah i i had heard i knew like the 80s stuff i knew you know like cool places uh, you know, angst in my pants, a few like the hits. But then like what I remember, like, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago being at a friend's house and he's just playing like the half Nelson album. Like, what is this? He's like, right. Oh, this is the band that sparks was before they became sparks. I'm like, you're, your kid. That eighties band has been around since like 1969 or whatever. That's right. insane. Well, that's what I thought. I thought they were strictly an eighties band. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: that's. I thought there was a synth pop 80s band that just kind of, there's so many of them that are awesome that just fall through the different cracks of your life that you never, you know, like big country or something that you never <laughs> hear about or get to know, you know?
0: Yeah, like they, so I they, just, they, they, they did well with MTV. I have to, I have to say, I think like that I associate them with like the MTV era, which is like 81 through like 86 or something. Which makes sense. They're very theatrical
1: yeah. Like, you, know, the, you know, they're very energetic and theatrical and, like you said, winky, mm-hmm. which I feel like the wink bands never do well in America because Americans don't enjoy satire. Mm-hmm. Americans don't do satire well. So if you're the Rolling Stones, you're like, yeah, man, like, I just fucking do drugs and fuck people. People are like, woo. But if you're like, we do drugs and fuck people. Wink, wink. No, we don't. We drink tea. People are like, I'm confused.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone like, thought they either. were British or, or European. Right. Yeah. Also. yeah.
1: Well, I, I, I never – even the Hitler mustache, Charlie <laughs> Chaplin thing is, like,
0: very confusing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I actually was surprised that there was no pushback on that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Ron, it, they, they're both, like, very iconic. Uh, they're perfectly – set it's like – another band I think is like that maybe is, like, Sleaford Mods, right? Where it's kind of like the one guy never – talks and then the other guy is it's just like this kind of good this duo comedy it's a comedy duo energy and they're brothers and and there's that whole element to that i feel like queen is another reference point i would say yeah it's sort of like if you took queen and then weirdly made it like more compact I, I think that's kind of, like, sparks it. Cause It's Because, like, the vocal range is, he has a great vocal range. Yeah. And, like, they have a great knack for melodies. And it's just, like, they just churn through so many people. And they never got, like, bombastic in the way that Queen does. Or, like, like they never got arena, right? They they just, like right. like, everything feels orchestrated. And, like, I remember them kind of coming back around, like, 2006, 2007. I think it was, like that album that Dick Around is on. And then I remember them being on the cover of like Arthur Magazine and then doing that residency. I didn't remember that residency was in, was in London when they did that, when they did like every album. Yeah. That's so crazy. That's, that's insane. Yeah. I know. But, but they were bigger in, in the UK, so it makes sense. Right. Also like uh, shout out to uh, homegirl Jane weedlin Always like a scene stealer in everything like like i was like she's to, like totally ran away with the go-go's doc and then she just yeah. like just was, like just t- like ah Russ is kind of like the bimbo and i was like oh ron like she was like really <laughs> funny in this one and like yeah cool places great song and she's only got two songs on that album
1: yeah that's cool yeah
0: you know her i mean she's from the go-go's right i don't know her personally oh okay but I she's was like wow yeah, that's cool she's in the bill and ted's movie right yeah she's in all that stuff. yeah she's awesome
1: that, yeah absolutely I was you know i i I came away being a little bit more of a fan than I was when I first started watching that documentary yeah. not a not huge i didn't it didn't really sell me much because I was like eh like I feel like it's passed me by because I just didn't get into it when I was a teenager or something I did go out and buy kimono no
0: oh kimono my uh, house yeah
1: kimono my house yeah I went out I went to amoeba down the street and picked up a copy of that which i have yet to play but
0: i bought a copy of that from sean carnage um who uh i think went i think i saw like there was a crew that went to go see this like chalky and sean carnage like this whole like old school la crew i think i'm sure brett berg would have been hanging out with them but um yeah i was surprised at some of the talking head interviews they included like some of the the people they decided to like scott ackerman for some reason that's weird Um, yeah You know, Edgar Wright puts himself in there, which I think is fine. There's some funny, uh, there's some funny, like, you know, guest spots in there. I mean, that's like Fred Armisen is becoming like the new, like music doc guy, I guess. Yeah. Which yeah, makes sense. I, yeah, it does make
1: sense. Yeah. And he's a he's a good interviewer. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, for me, all my friends that love love the Sparks hated this documentary. Oh, really? Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, kind of pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. Like I had a friend who lives in Texas and he drove like two hours to go see it in a theater. And he was just like, I, you know, I just could have waited till Hulu. <laughs> I, he's like, I knew all this stuff. Yeah. You know? Right. If he you're a
0: really, fan, you might know a lot of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was really disappointed. He wanted more like what made them tick, where did their creativity come from, the fights, the, you know, the getting, you know, all that kind of stuff, which this doc
0: oddly lacks. Yeah, it really doesn't. It sets up this dichotomy of like Russ is like the pretty boy and like the front man, and Ron is sort of like the self deprecating, like tortured one. But like they're. I I I you know they both seem like to be in on the same joke so it's like they never really expose a lot of themselves or like the stuff behind that just other than like they really were into cinema they went to like was it UCLA that they went to I think yeah. it was yeah and then like w- they worked like it's great when to hear from like someone like tony visconti right like that's like of course you want to hear that stuff or like, like the Giorgio Moroder period or all these different periods they went through. Like it, yeah, people like, uh, I've read people writing about this film and being like, it was very inspiring to anyone who's like an artist and wants to like, you know, like that has not found their, their hook yet. And like wants to just keep going and like follow the beat of their own drum. Uh, I don't know if that's what you got out of that. I didn't. I. I, I don't. You know, it was. It wasn't. Yeah. It. It was. It, it what, wasn't like inspiring me to like keep going till I'm 17. No. Because like, oh what shit, I, got I never got a hit when I was like twenty-three. Ex- you know. Exactly. Yeah. What I
1: got out of it is the usual things that I'm getting out of like American culture, which is, you know, uh, if you stay true to yourself. And give people what is out of your heart. And if there's a little humor and wink to it, you're never going to have a top song or play or movie, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's just not going to happen. Cause it's, it's, it's too much for people I think to decipher. So, I mean, it's like Zappa, it's like any of the fugs, it's like Captain mm-hmm. Beefheart. It's like, you know, like all of those awesome 60s, 70s bands that stayed true to their humor and just never had a top song, mm. you know? So it's either you, you are okay with, giving people your heart and your soul and living in obscurity or not, <laughs> you know, like you have to kind of choose.
0: I mean, I think we've, we've had to like settle for one of those. I feel like. At this hey, point. hey so like, don't turn the mirror on us. Hey, I mean, I think that's like the, the underlying message here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, exactly. Um So what about, what do you think? Recommend it? What would you recommend it and why? I mean, like, uh, I watched it with Angie, and she didn't know anything about them. She's like, I want to go see them live. Like, she loved it. Um, right. And I I really, I still enjoyed it, even though it followed such, like, a tried-and-true doc path. I just, like, I felt, like, a little bit, like, I thought Edgar Wright would do something a little kookier. There's, like, little animations and stuff, which uh, I thought were fun, but... Yeah, I wanted a bit more kook to fit to be them. Yeah, um, a little but kook I factor. I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Like, I don't know if my mom would be able to like sit through something right. like this, but uh, anyone who likes music documentaries or likes like. You know, just like some music, I think would get something out of let, it.
1: Let me put you on the spot real quick. Give me, don't think about this answer. Just give okay. it to me quick. You, you put a package of three music documentaries together for someone. What, what would be in that package?
0: Um, I think a concert film would probably be one of those. Like Talking Heads or I would say Stop. I would say Stop Making Sense would be one of those because that's such a pivotal film for me. Um. I would also say Devil and Daniel Johnston, even though it's kind of, even though it is, mu- um, it's kind of pushing the the definition of a music doc. I would also say band that would be King, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so there's right, two that, two Jeffs in there. I yeah, mean, he, a couple on Jeffs on the spot. You're you're really putting me yeah, on the spot. There's, that was the, good the though. I mean, yeah. I
1: can't I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, back at you. I, back at you. What are, what wh- are your three? well? I was gonna say the Stop Making Sense. Um. The Devil and Daniel Johnston and Anvil. Anvil is one of my all time favorite good. music documentaries. But yeah. like pretty much the same with you. Like if someone came to me and like, I don't want I don't know anything about music documentaries, you're the documentary
0: dude. Give me three. I'd be like, all right, here, watch these yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I think like it I'm trying to think of like what's a pure music doc. I mean, that's not a performance doc. Right. Right. Or like, Cause like stopping a sense is just performance. True uh, Devil Daniel Johnston is like more like also mental health and stuff But then like Anvil is like just like this just struggle Just like right. anyone struggling through stuff And then yeah. like just persevering through struggling Like just that's that's what I would say the themes are with, with each of those So yeah absolutely um, I, I, I'm sure we could probably like have a blog post about this topic <laughs> Probably. on our website com. there you
1: go well i would say this i'm kind of the same i would recommend this but not you know i'd give it like a b plus mm-hmm. you know as far as my where i would recommend this um in the scale of a to f so yeah. you never got like annoyed with them did you did you get annoyed with them i was just not excited it was not exciting to me i was not mm-hmm. annoyed no i i was really really in, i was very excited to watch the screener and i just i d- watched it in chunks cuz i was like just bored i was like eh, (laughs) okay so now you're in england now you're back now you're confused now you want to do disco like the what i what what was missing was like they're fucking uh, obviously so fucking talented yeah and what what i felt was missing from this doc was anything about their talent because they were (laughs) like oh we were making these kind of operatic songs in the 70s and then disco came and then we just made like a disco hit yeah And and then they're like, they just kind of jump from that. Like, oh, now we just made another hit. And it's like, oh, you guys just kind of throw out some hits then or something. Yeah. Well, how does that fucking work? Yeah. That's what was missing for me. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff I like. So, all
0: right, let's move on. All right. What else you got on the old burner? Uh, I just watched The Donut King. Uh, I actually did watch this in chunks as well. This is on Hulu Uh, i heard about it last year i think it actually is a 2020 release Uh, a lot of the footage is from 2019 so i imagine some of the post-production was in 2020 uh alice gu is the director uh paco uh what's your favorite donut place oh
1: bob's donut dude bob's donut and they moved one two blocks from my house
0: is that a chain is that like a sf chain
1: no, just one. There oh, was one, one Bob's Donut on Polk Street that's open till 3 a.m. Mm. I mean, you're not a drinker. So as a drinker that's lived in San Francisco for a long time, that 1 a.m. stand in line for an apple fritter, mm-hmm. for a fresh, warm apple fritter the size of your head, was always a thing. Yeah, um, at, at Bob's Donuts is like a super famous donut place in San Francisco. We actually shot, I shot a music up. Uh, spoof music video there once called maximum wage and they have since moved to baker street so they're just a couple blocks from nice
0: yeah i have a donut shop around the corner from me here in la beautiful uh and like one thing you'll notice i don't know if bob's is run by a cambodian family is it i couldn't tell you You i don't know who oh no wait they, I
1: think, well, uh, now I I'm, don't I'm, I'm sound fucking white here, but they're Asian. They're Asian. I don't know which so, of the Asians. This is but
0: one time people. you can say, like, uh, th- this Asian person that runs a donut shop is probably Cambodian because it's just a fact. In oh, interesting. In the 1970s, uh, a lot of Cambodian immigrants were sponsored to come in the US by this one guy, uh, Ted. He's known as Uncle Ted, who's Cambodian. Who, when he first came to America, like l- had a donut, what? lost his mind. It was like <laughs> I'm love donuts. Went to go work at Winchell's, uh-huh. basically became like he learned how to make donuts, and then he just started donut shops.
1: What to the Uncle point Ted? where like
0: he, yeah, this Uncle Ted, uh, and and then the way that it worked with uh, the refugee system. Is like I think they were like in Thailand, so they they needed to get approved to come to America, and they needed a sponsor. So they would these refugees would show up after you know the the, you know the Khmer Rouge like killed all these people and stuff. They show up, and then like they need a skill. Uh, He just hires them to work in the donut shops. Then he starts like just franchising donut shops all around the West Coast, like Southern California primarily. Goes on up to Northern California and places to the point where, like, Dunkin' Donuts hadn't really made a foothold on the West Coast at all. And right. they were kind of like demolished by mom and pops. Holy shit. Is that so? Okay. Fuck. That is so interesting.
1: Because of all the all star donuts in San Francisco, they're all Asian run places yeah, where, you can not, where you can not only get a donut, but you can get egg rolls and anything that goes in a deep fryer. Right, right, right. And I love these fucking places. There was an all-star donut. When I worked at Ubiquity Records, across the street from Ubiquity was an all-star donut place on um, Ninth and Mission. Mm -hmm. And my window in my office faced it. And so it was just like, just smells
0: of not only (laughs) all-star donut, but... Ninth and Mission. (laughs) I will say, like, next to, like, A City of Gold, this is, like, a a, a movie that will make you want to go eat something right after watching it. I love donuts, dude.
1: I fucking, I love a good apple fritter. What about,
0: what's your favorite donut? I've been, like, a twist man my whole life. And actually, I I fuck mm. with an old-fashioned. Oh. I like the old-fashioned cakes. That's interesting,
1: but okay. Yeah, we're very complex people. Yeah, I never would have thought that. I mean, you're you're like a sound, you're like a punk sound guy, but you go old fashioned.
0: I mean, I I I don't like sprinkles. I don't really like what? chocolate that much. What The fuck overall. are you talking about? I don't. Not, Who are you? I don't like like this is the thing. I don't like cake that much because I'm not a frosting person. <laughs> the more just like straight up dough you can give me. Which, like, a glazed glazed twist does it for me. So, uh, essentially, it's a story of sort of this, like, the American dream, like, uh,
1: which is... (laughs) I can't get over the sprinkles comment, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, fuck a sprinkle. I don't don't fuck with sprinkles. Um, It's sort of, like, it's an American dream, immigrant, made good, to the point this guy has, like, basically kicked Dunkin' Donuts out of California is it's like, amazing. He was trained by Winchell's, and essentially, it was like in a competition with Winchell. His his chain was called Christie's. His wife's name was Christie, so Christie's Donuts all over Southern California. C, C or K? Uh, C Christie's Donuts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know how much I can how how can I talk about this without spoiling it? Well, then you learn about just Come like on. a genocide, and like uh and 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 then like this refugee process and like stuff like like i didn't know jerry brown didn't want cambodian refugees in california really but like uh gerald ford did like this was like a a huge fight and it was just it's it ultimately i'd say it also reminds me of like you know city of gold and like it's sort of a celebration of like immigration (laughs) culture there's also the fact that basically the way that these businesses survived was child labor it was like everyone in the family like, right. Was working, <laughs> like whether right. they were like folding pink boxes or what they were doing. And doing their
1: homework in the corner and yeah. also putting uh silverware in napkin rolls.
0: Yeah. yeah. So there is a there's sort of a rise and a fall with Uncle Ted specifically. And so it kind of mm. touches on that and also touches on the overall phenomenon of like Cambodian donut shop uh huh. mom and pop ownership. Uh, and you know, a couple of food critics here and there pop their head in, but it's not like a foodie, it, it, it's sort of a foodie doc across with like, just like a cultural immigrant story doc. Um. That is
1: so interesting. Yeah. What's the name of it again?
0: The Donut King. And it is available. I watched on Hulu. On Hulu. I think you could watch elsewhere. I think it did hit the festivals last year. I mean, whatever virtual festivals. It could interesting. Hit. Yeah. I am very
1: interested. I saw... A doc on Hunan chicken. Oh yeah, I have not watched that, but I know what you're talking about. It's really good. It's it's the same story, basically. I mean, not the same story, but it's along the same lines of like immigrants doing good. I mean, I feel
0: like the wave of like food things we've seen are like Netflix has had a ton of food stuff. Obviously, Bourdain was big. Um, Yeah, even when we you know watch those like competition shows it's just like you know food representing ethnicity and culture and like that's yep. you know a place where you can build like empathy across you know you're using your senses i guess and right. like learning about culture but um you know it's it's like you gotta love the people as much as you love the food and that's like the the thing that we like I think that's the underlying message of a lot of these things but for sure yeah. and then like I mean
1: thank god for food trucks to bring us diversity and different people's foods and the like the um, as, like assembling different, yeah you know, uh, different styles into one
0: yeah I mean I, I'll say one comment I read on letterboxd about uh this film was just like um it's like cute capitalism it's like you know it's definitely like like I think, like he loves like George W. Bush, and then he he started becoming like a, a gambler, Uncle Ted, and going to Vegas and stuff. Uh, but like, um, it it is weird to see something that's so like, uh, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstrapsy in this day and age, because it's like, it, it can only survive. It, like these companies are barely surviving now unless they really like hustle and do something different, because now Dunkin' Donuts is like. We're taking over California. We're 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 really not like we're going in hard. We're trying to the like, smartest get thing Dunkin'
1: yeah. Donuts ever did was tick. Took the focus off their donuts and put it on their coffee
0: Yeah, apparently people love I mean, the coffee
1: They love Dunkin' Donuts coffee I mean, I grew up with a Dunkin' Donuts so, And I, their coffee is so fucking strong But it's funny, they're like Let's just put all the emphasis on our coffee And not what we're famous for <laughs> Yeah, like not
0: that there's another coffee brand That's doing well in America <laughs> That you <laughs> yeah. would be competing with Alright, well let's,
1: um, let's uh, Listen to this clip, and yep. then we'll talk on the other side Donut time Uncle Ted opened up 70 donut shops. They call me donut kick. He gave Cambodian refugees a chance to make it in America. At one time, he estimates his wealth at $20 million. Life was good. We're going to be truthful, right? He wasn't the perfect man. I lost everything, everything. It's hard to believe that he could allow that to happen. Don't let the good chance slip away. So, a doc that I just watched, um, also in chunks, I guess our attention span is just down to 10 minutes now, uh, is Summer of Love on Hulu. Summer of Soul. The, sorry, Summer of Soul. Thank you. I also say the title in chunks Summer of Soul uh, Quest Loves documentary on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. R- really amazing. Uh, the concert footage, it's essentially was a music festival in Harlem right like two months before Woodstock, mm-hmm. but got none of the Woodstock love. Yeah. You know, Woodstock got all the love. Summer of Soul didn't get much. Um, and this is a documentary with the pretense that it was uh, some master footage hidden in a closet or locked in a closet or locked in a basement, depending on what you read, mm-hmm. for 50 years before Quest Love mm-hmm. brought it out.
0: Yeah. And I, I started watching this last night, and I, you know, I would have, I wish I could have finished it before so we could talk about it all the way. Yeah, I thought it was going to be almost all, like, concert footage, but there is a bit more of, like, interviews and context. Yeah. Also, I love, like, they start interviewing this guy about, like, where were you in 1969? I'm like, there's no way that guy is over 50 years old. <laughs> I know. I'm like, he looks like he's younger than me. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, I was a little kid, and I was, like, obsessed with Marilyn McCoo of, of the Fifth Dimension. I'm like, I yeah. can see that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah, mm. it's really great – just like watching Stevie Wonder just rock the drums out. I love – any footage of Stevie Wonder is great. so talented. It's amazing. Uh, the the Staples singers. Like it's definitely like – I do wish that I had gone to see this with people because like this is – I think it was mm. screening I think maybe like the Greek theater down here. Oh, that's uh, an interesting last night. And I'm like yeah. – I was like, oh, man, that would have been such a fun movie to see with a crowd. Just because I it never, just feels weird to watch mm. it alone and be like, "Oh man, this is this is great footage." Um, right. What's the name of the Tony? Is the the promoter? Yeah. I love I love like just some. There's some stuff about like. Being a concert promoter and how it's like, yeah, this whole thing was built on like half commitments. I'm like, yeah, co- that sounds right. That sounds like how is. every promoter does things. But the fact I'll that they, tell you, they got like the city to chip in money for this well, was the mayor, amazing. Yeah, the mayor was actually into it
1: the mayor was into it and came down and talked about it and it was kind of part of his program to like get harlem kind yeah. of back into stride and but you're right like nothing my my therapist talks a lot about holding things loosely and nothing will teach you about holding things loosely than being a concert promoter and <laughs> and booker and producer oh, cuz you're man. just like this could all just go away right before the show i you know i i booked and produced a comedy show in san francisco for almost a decade and you like your headliner just doesn't show up what is, like, great. What, what is what
0: is what is what does your therapist call it when you hold things too tightly? Uh, anxious. OK. Yeah. Being anxious. <laughs> basically, yeah. uh, that's that is a,
1: that's being like controlling and and steeped in anxieties when you hold things too tightly.
0: Yeah. yeah, having yeah.
1: having some uh, abandonment issues and all that kind of stuff. Mm, interesting. And just the need to control. So if you grew up in like a chaotic household, you tend to hold things tightly.
0: Yeah, I I would definitely relate to being a control person as well. That's uh, why we do a podcast. Uh, I I actually briefly lived in like that. I think like the lower part of Harlem, like is 125th and Broadway. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And like I regret like not going to like the Apollo or doing all these Shh. other things. I was just like, like like all my friends lived in Brooklyn. I was like what am I doing uh, up like up like, it's cuz my roommate went to Columbia, so I had mm. like it was like the only apartment I had right. access to. And right, right, right. god, it was long enough ago that I was paying like 600 a month and I was like this is about a little bit more than what I paid in San Francisco. I'm like, this is a very long time ago. What year are we talking? 2000. Yeah. Oh. The year 2000. So that's not that long ago. Yeah. But there was not like festivals like happening like this in the middle of Harlem. But when's um, the last time you were up in Harlem? I, uh, God, probably 15 years ago. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. My friends lived like on the, like, on the, the dividing area of like
1: Harlem and Manhattan and- uh, Columbia kind of yeah. area. And yeah. so we, it's fun to, uh, it's nice to just kind of stroll up there. There's like, I don't know, where we go is like lots of great restaurants. We went to this like gourmet uh, cheddar, no, gourmet um, grilled cheese place. Oh, okay, <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I can like, see what that, is happening?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it's a great documentary. I mean, it's it's another one where- you can watch it in chunks. You're not going to miss anything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like there's no like like spoiler alert. You know, Nina Simone flies with a jetpack or something. You know,
0: <laughs> I didn't get that yet. I didn't get that. Oh
1: yet. man! I mean, it's the performance to it's the creme de creme of performances of this. Is but I'm a huge Nina Simone fan, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Like yeah. I love Nina, and it's weird. There is some. I don't know. Like I grew up in a you know in a black family. My stepfather. This was all he listened to was this this kind of music, mm-hmm. you know. And like he was in the Fifth Dimension. So seeing Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr., who were in my stepdad's wedding when he married my mom. Like I have a picture wait, wait, of me your, sitting there. Wait, wait. Your your
0: stepdad on. was in the Fifth Dimension.
1: Yeah, he was. Okay, he was wait. in. The-
0: <laughs> I never knew <laughs> this.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it. I know. It's, but I have a picture of me sitting on Marilyn McCoo's lap in 1975. Well, I know someone or whatever. That would
0: have loved that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, well, so my stepdad is from St. Louis, mm-hmm. and so is the fifth dimension, Billy Davis Jr. Marilyn McHugh, and Marilyn um, McCoo. Um, and so he was in the fifth dimension before they went to LA. Okay. So it was before they did the, you know, the Age of Aquarius and all okay. those kind of hits. Uh-huh. So they went to L.A. and became famous. My stepdad stayed in St. Louis mm. and got married, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the him, wedding.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he and that was his best friend since Aww. kindergarten was Billy Davis Jr. Aww. They were best friends. And. Um, they were going to, right before my stepdad died, there was talk of them doing a gospel album because my stepdad was a piano player, gospel singer. Yeah. And so, yeah, he and Billy Davis were going to do a gospel album.
0: So So anyway, so. Really musical household then, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my stepfather was the reason I played piano because I would watch him and just be like, whoa, like, how do you do that? Mm Mm-hmm. How do you do what that is? <laughs> I mm-hmm. was I was always mesmerized. Um, so, yeah, very musical household. And this was a, like, you know, they got my mom and my stepfather got married in 75. Okay. So it's this kind of time period mm-hmm. with that kind of uh, the outfits, the cost, the... The, the fashion the, is hot in this. The f- fashion is hot in <laughs> Jesse this. Jesse Jackson, the, what are you wearing? <laughs> That's mm, Jesse Jackson, <laughs> he got dressed up. The Operation Breadbasket, like... That was Jesse Jackson's thing during this documentary. That was his like um, charitable foundation thing. And there's so many like I have a great Cannibal Adderly album recorded during an Operation Breadbasket um, fundraiser thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like the whole the the music with the community with the um, political thoughts and. Um, the energy—it just—it took me back to that time period of hanging out with my, with my stepdad and his family, and um, it just—I don't know—it was just—it was awesome. It was just really cool mm-hmm. for me to like. I, I kind of—I don't know—it was very reminiscent, very nostalgic to watch it. Um, but it's weird because like, there's also a little controversy now about this doc.
0: Yeah, I was trying to like wrap my head around it, and I think it was maybe more the way it was presented in the beginning like no one has seen this footage in the last 50 years i'm like well it seems like that's not true there's an article <laughs> we found uh written by a guy greg mitchell on his Substack about a guy who runs like a long island archive who claimed like that you know he he had been taking care of this footage Um, so I don't know. I didn't really dig too deep into this. I I don't think it takes away from you as a viewer at all. I think it's more to do like, you know, we have a lot of filmmakers on this show. It's like, obviously Questlove is a huge name and could get this thing juiced up in a way that the guy from, you know, the Long Island... Uh, you know, historical society could not preservation yeah. society. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I mean,
1: I've actually seen the Nina Simone clip on YouTube and also the Sly and the Family
0: Stone clip on YouTube. Yes, that are from this. They didn't need. They didn't need to like milk it up that much. Of like no one's like you know, it didn't need that much. Thing It, it is but kind it, of amazing that the footage was paid for by Maxwell House. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know, right? That yeah. is really, speaking of coffee, yeah, I know, that is really odd, but um, no, they didn't, but they did, and it's a hook, and it mm-hmm. probably works, you know, it probably helps. I mean, if you watch, I mean, you didn't get all the way through the end, but they bow it up with a tie. They tie it up in a bow at the end around this thing that it was a 50-year mystery. Uh, okay. And, so it's it's part of the actual theme of the doc, if you will. Not necessary, because mm. the, the footage stands for itself. Right. And if you're not moved by the Nina Simone performance, you don't have a heart or a soul. Yeah. Because it's... I got to see her. Oh, you saw Nina, Nina Simone? I don't know if we I talked s- about that. I saw Nina Simone in Berkeley oh, wow. in like 2001. Jesus. Was that 2000- Yoshi's? No, it was not at Yoshi's. Um... It was at a performance center in Berkeley. I paid 75 bucks. And I remember yeah. being like, this is the most expensive ticket I've ever had to a show. Yeah. But it's fucking Nina Simone. Yeah. And it was something else, dude. It was, it was otherworldly because yeah. she didn't come out for a long time. Mm. And when she came out, she was not happy. <laughs> she was not happy, and she made sure people knew she wasn't. Yeah, happy. not known for being happy. Yeah, no. And she was like, "If I hear a cough, I'm out. If I hear you unwrapping candy, I'm out. Mm. If you don't listen,
0: I'm out. like." It was like she had a lot of yeah. demands. Talk about but... not being appreciated in America. Like, like she she, she really she, she just lived, lived, lived in, in Paris. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, forever. I mean, you hear her even in this. You hear a little Parisian accent um in this concert footage um yeah i mean no she was not appreciated uh at all yeah. in america and that's a fucking travesty cuz she is a legend one of a kind kind of talent yeah but but yeah it was it was a really fucking awesome show yeah the one i saw um and i'm glad i went but i was like whoa what is what is happening? This is so wild that, like, I didn't know you could just come out and make demands like that. <laughs> you know, like, I'm gonna do that next time I do stand up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> if you I don't
1: think laugh, I'm out.
0: You move to Paris if you <laughs> don't get the right. response you want. Exactly. Yeah, but um, but it's Morgan but Neville like, was involved in the other version yeah. of this, which is also mm-hmm. seems surprising that it broke down. Well, and, like, uh, was, he's very well known. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very well known,
1: and so was Alex Gibney. Mm-hmm. He was attached to this doc oh, like 10 years ago. I mean, they've been trying to make this documentary for, for like over, well over a decade, which is silly that it's like never-before-seen footage, yeah. except for the people who try to make it into a documentary 10 years
0: ago. But Side note, I just remembered that in the credits for The Donut King— Ridley Scott was mentioned as a producer. I'm like, did Ridley Scott help make the donut? Cake? Can't be the same one. I, maybe it's. I mean, how many Ridley Scotts can there be in film? Uh, I, don't I think know. You know, one of them has to quit. But um, I, I one I, has I to be Ridley J this. Scott. Yeah, like Michael J Fox. Right, right. Like it's like an IMDb credit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, that maybe. When... I mean, if like, and you're right, can make a spark stock. Why can't Ridley Ridley yeah, Scott? Ridley, yeah. Ridley Scott it's him, yeah. Ridley Scott. The Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott executive die? producer. <laughs> I thought, and it was, uh, um, no, uh, who was Tony Scott? I think died. Tony Scott. Yeah. Tony oh Scott yeah. Died.
1: That's right. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's weird. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what I mean, it's Hollywood, baby. It's like, what does that even mean? Like there was an email, he just wrote yes, and now he's like in a producer
0: or something. I mean, something. it's like, like what Adam McKay style, you know? Like you just right. helped help get it, get all this stuff going. Help move it through. That is surprising. I really but yeah.
1: I really want to get some donuts and now
0: watch that doc. Yeah, man. I think I think, you know what? I feel like that's good enough for what we've covered. I mean, I have more notes here, but you know, we'll save that for like a a Patreon, by the way, you could go to our Patreon to get go more to our opinions Patreon. about like some biopics we watched. Um, I was going to, or talk- just give us money. Yeah, I was going to talk briefly. I feel like for Pride, we didn't do anything very Pride oriented. I do want to quickly say, I watched. I finally watched this doc, the Cockheads doc, on Documentary Plus, which is a free service. That you can watch documentaries on, uh, and this is a film that came out in two thousand one or two. The Cockettes, the notorious group of performers who created a social and sexual
1: revolution that changed America forever. Yeah.
0: We had the Coquette House, that was our family. I thought we were the most beautiful, creative people in the city. This was the dream. We were on a spiritual quest. This was what we were born to do. We were born to change everything.
1: We really did believe there'd be a revolution any minute.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
0: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly...
1: Patients who can see.
0: Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, wow. um, But yeah, the, do you know anything about the cockats? That's like San Francisco history. I do not. history. Uh, they were just like a bunch of drag performers that were also like just like acid freaks, uh, oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, and they lived in these like commune houses in San Francisco. They would put on these performances at the, as some theater. I'm sure you know the theater. You sh- totally should watch this. It's it'll be a, a bizarre slice of life of like San Francisco in the late '60s, early '70s. I kind of was curious about the coquettes because. I might be working on – I'm working on a record uh, with someone that was in the Cockettes. Uh, so I was trying oh. to like, figure out, like, what was going on uh, with the whole thing. And I I heard stories about the Cockettes. But, mm. like, they uh, went to New York doing this, like, uh, this, this you know, drag show thing. And, like, doing, like, old vaudeville tunes and stuff. It's, hmm. it's very strange. There's a couple moments where I'm like, ah, you can get away with that now for sure. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing. Like they, they were just like living on the edges of everything. Like in, wow. even in San Francisco, being like, well, like even like, you know, they they had there were uh, cis women in it. There were uh, men that were s- straight-ish in in the group as well. There were like families Fluid. in it. There was like it was just like it came out of this whole commune world. There was even like. <laughs> Uh, you know, babies born that were, like, involved in the cockettes. So um, it's it's a fascinating bit of San Francisco history. And oh, I think, yeah, like, I was like, ah, what would be a good doc for Pride? Actually, I think I saw it on Twitter as, like, hey, watch this for Pride. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, So interesting. it's totally worth watching, yeah. And that's on Doc Plus. Documentary Plus is where I watched it, yeah.
1: We should, at some point, we have never done a city-centric theme. Like, it'd be cool to do, like, three docs that, took place in San Francisco or docs that take place in LA.
0: I feel like I was thinking about like just doing all documentaries about the New York times because there's like a bunch, there's like this series on Showtime. There is Obit. There is the guy, the crossword puzzles. Like you just do all. There's a, uh, uh, David Carr. Oh, David Carr Carr documentary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: So we could just do all. (laughs) That's oh, yeah, very we specific, do it. Just in New York. That Times is very metaphor. specific.
1: Yeah, that's uh, we can get a. Yeah, we can do a New York Times thing too. But I think it'd be cool to do like a, <laughs> a like a, a month of like these docs were about people in yeah. like Crumb. Like mm-hmm. first, I mean, right off the top of my head, Crumb would be awesome because it's in San Francisco. Well, we could totally I mean, do a San it, Francisco but, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Genghis Blues, which is. I love that documentary mm-hmm. so much, and that's about that cat that lived in SF.
0: Did we talk about Crip Camp at all? I feel like we've not talked. about... You know, we should save this for for maybe this will be like uh, a, a Patreon. We'll say we'll save that talk. We got to do lot. this
1: more often. Like every time you and I do this, we think like, oh, this will be like a half hour, talk, yeah. and then we talk for like an hour and
0: like <laughs> I like we like just were mentioning. I think we were mentioning a Butch like keep the river on your right or whatever. I'm like, I would love to watch that again. Like I, yeah. I haven't watched that in like. Many years. So, yeah, I haven't seen it. it oh, you've never seen that one? Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Schnobble.
1: Yeah. We got to check that out. Cool. Well, which so well, but let's go back. We haven't really done um, for Quest Love, um, the controversy, or, I mean, around Summer of Soul, Quest Love's Summer of Soul. I would recommend it. Yeah. Actually, I would recommend it. It's awesome. For sure. It's a great uh, timepiece. It's political. It's moving. They have many great performances. If you just love music, mm-hmm. you're going to love this doc right out of the gates anyway. So it's on Hulu. I would definitely recommend it. What about uh, the cockettes for you?
0: Uh, Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, it does feel dated. It it was made. I think the interviews were just like the tail end of the 90s, um, you know, about stuff that happened in the 70s. But it's like a fascinating story. Uh, They're fascinating people. Um, It ties into a lot of other like, you know, if you like entertainment stuff at all or like drag right. drag such a huge phenomenon right now anyway I think like people would be really interested in like these like super bizarre and just fashion wise it's so cr- crazy and oh, out yeah. there uh, I definitely recommend Donut King yeah these are all these are all wrecks today guys there's nothing yeah. that I feel like had to get tossed it is there an A wrecks. plus
1: in this lineup though for you
0: um, I'm, I haven't finished Summer Soul but I want to mm. say that's at least an A Okay. And I just just for purely for the performances, right, right, uh, right. I I don't know how I feel about the structure of it so far. Everything else I feel like is a great story, could have been, you know, a little bit tighter, in places. But yeah, I I think these are all like great introductions to great real stories. So
1: and let's talk briefly, yeah, briefly about upcoming docs that you might be excited for.
0: Oh, well. I did share the Val Kilmer doc on our on our on our Facebook. Uh, it's going to be on oh, Amazon. Yeah. yeah, and I want to say Nick, who is our producer, were you at that Pear Space show where Val Kilmer showed up with like pizzas?
1: Uh, unfortunately, no. That was one of the ones that I was not at.
0: But you heard the story like secondhand, like me. Like Pear Space was this all ages space in Los Angeles in Echo Park, basically. And Val Kilmer was working on something with like Dan Deacon, I think, at the time. I don't know what? how he ended. Yeah, I don't know how he ended up being like at Pear Space. But I heard he just ordered a bunch of pizzas for everyone.
1: <laughs> Val Kilmer did, yeah,
0: in an All Ages Club. Yeah, I
1: that's mean, that's so calling weird. It an All
0: Ages Club is generous. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Uh, like like a uh, storefront uh, in Echo Park oh weird yeah office space it- yeah that had shows but um yeah val kilmer documentary very interested to see that i mean i i don't remember the last time i saw him it might have been that movie he did with rob downey jr which is pretty all right kiss kiss bang bang uh that's quite a long time ago but for one of the uh yeah i mean real genius amazing uh, yeah, real genius was top secret. Are You kidding me? I, I think wanna... around the time he did the Saint, might have been like the slu- and he was married to Joanne Whaley. Uh, they met on the set of Willow, like Ron oh. Howard. Like he was the oh, star. Yeah. He was like the Han Solo of Willow.
1: Yeah, and that didn't. Oh, that's do interesting. Well. Yeah, no, it's not. Was not good. Yeah, Willow was not good. That's yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to watch. Um, to watch the Val Kilmer. I mean, for people our age, like, he was a giant star for quite a long time, you know? I mean, for Christ's sakes, he was Batman, so... Yeah. You know, like, you couldn't get bigger than Val... And he did everything. Comedies, dramas, action yeah, stuff, you I, know? like,
0: Top Secret was just on the other day. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. this is like, This is like... Val top in Secret, Top was, Secret. It's like
1: it was so good. It, yeah, I yeah. love Top Secret. It's when you could still make satire. You know, yeah. like it was satirical and funny. What's the dude? Why am I blanking on the, the Zuckers? Zuckers, Abram Zucker's the Western that he was? Oh, in Tombstone. Uncle Barry. Tombstone. Tombstone. Yeah, so he good. He
0: could have like kind of Gary Oldman did at some point. I think that's <laughs> what he missed. Like when he was doing stuff like The Saint, I'm like, oh, you needed to like kind of go. Hard, like McConaughey, like, right. become, like, you're a good-looking dude who can be a character actor. And then right. he just needed, like, kind of, like, some crazy Gary Oldman-type roles. And then it just was, like, making him the lead in a, in a certain point. If the movie doesn't do well, he doesn't get another chance. If That's the great thing about being a character actor. You, you always have like another chance. play the heavy, play the bad guy, play the weirdo. Yeah, play then, the yeah, crazy name. Yeah, it's neighbor. not on you. It's not on you no. if the movie doesn't do well.
1: That was the only chance I had in Hollywood. Was playing the kooky neighbor guy. Man,
0: I'm I'm a lot of people's kooky neighbor right now.
1: Yeah, you are. So, you just moved in. Yeah. There goes the neighborhood.
0: All right, folks. So that
1: is it. Spark Brothers. Watch it on. You can't watch it in the theaters. I guess right.
0: You can. Uh, I think you can rent it online or buy it, purchase it online. But yeah, okay. it, I would, It seems like it would be fun, more fun to watch in the theaters. I would with say. With people. Yeah, with people. You think?
1: Okay, yeah, and The Donut King, you can watch that on Hulu. Summer of Soul, you can watch on Hulu. And The Coquette, you can watch on Documentary Plus. And you don't need... I think that's just... You don't even need to sign up or anything for Documentary nah, Plus. No, you, you get some
0: just... ads. I got... All my ads were in Spanish. So, huh. I don't I'm in, I'm in L.A., so it makes sense. You are in L.A. Uh, and yeah. that... That is
1: it for us. Thank you guys for listening, and I do, I do want to plug our Patreon uh, one more time: patreon.com/supdocpodcast. Just for a buck a month, you can help us out so much, or a hundred bucks a month. You know, yeah. Find your spot, find oh, your sweet spot. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a lot for a hundred bucks. We're a total vibe. Yeah, so. You know, so help us out. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for Nick for helping us. Long as always, George, you are a pleasure and a world
0: treasure. Yeah, those things rhyme. Yeah, and good to see you, and great hosting this show with you all the time. We've been doing this for six and a half years. <laughs> Don't make it sound so bad. I'm not. It's seven years. Oh, okay. it's seven year itch is coming up. That's all I'm saying. Is that my projection? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you if, and if you guys have a documentary we have not covered or a guest, email us at subdocpodcast at gmail and we will take a look. But thank you guys. Thanks, George. Thanks, Nick.
0: Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Subdoc at SupDocPodcast.com, recapping reality since 2015. Our theme song
1: was written by David Siegel. Our show was engineered by Will Scoville. Our associate producer
0: is Nick Coltus. Please donate to the show through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash SupDocPodcast. If you want to help us in other ways, please share the show with a friend. Join the Doc Talk and check out our hot takes, pictures, and videos on Twitter, Instagram,
1: Facebook, and YouTube. We're SubDoc Podcast on all those platforms. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. To find out more about
0: my and George's comedy gigs, check out our About Us page on our website. And SubDoc is by Doc Fans for Doc Fans. So if you want to advertise, got a film or opinions you want to share, just hit us up. We'd love to hear more from
1: you and what you're docking out on. So email us at subdocpodcast at gmail.com.